Hey guys, welcome to the show. Just before we get started, our usual disclaimer that the opinions you're about to hear are solely those of the host of the Get Wired podcast and may not reflect the opinions of CED, Consolidated Electrical Distributors, or its sponsors. Speaking of sponsors, it is now officially August, so we have a new vendor of the month. So this month we've got deals on Sylvania's latest and greatest. They got 2x2 and 2x4 flat panels, troffers, wall packs, of course the retrofit trims. They're going to be coming in doing a couple counter days, some lunch and learn type things. Fred Hernandez may get on the grill again and make us some mean steak sandwiches. Who knows? Could get wild and crazy up here. But uh, yeah, Sylvania is the event of the month for August. So make sure you come by and check it out only at CED Vero Beach. Welcome to the Get Wired Podcast, presented by CED Vero Beach. Join us as we make new connections, share our outlooks on business as well as life, and provide a new look at the wholesale electrical supply industry from the inside out. This is the Get Wired Podcast. Here's your host, Mike Burkhart. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. It's been a couple weeks since we've done a live interview. Sorry about that. I was getting out of town a little bit. Today, we have a very special guest. It's Sylvania's own Fred Hernandez. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, let's, let's talk about the Sylvania part of that first. Is it, are we still going by Sylvania? Are we going by LED Vance? Or what do you uh, want? Absolutely. Our brand yeah. continues to be uh, Sylvania. Uh, Lev Vance is the owner or company that... Uh, that uh, uh, manages the Sylvania brand, but uh, we are Sylvania. Good. I just so, want to make sure that we... And have been over 150 years, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm getting that right for the audience. It's uh, it's something we're not... We want to make sure that we're, we're staying on top of making sure we're calling it by the right yeah. brand and everything. Uh, so thanks for being here. You and I have known each other for what? Five? Yeah. Five years well, now? Five or six years, yes, sir. Since yeah. I took over the Vero Beach location. And uh, we've had a lot of success, done a lot of good sales calls, things like that. What's your history with Sylvania and the lighting industry in general? Yeah, so I, I began with uh, Sylvania, which was then owned by GTE Communication Systems back in 1979 uh, in Chicago, uh, wow. where I grew up, my hometown. Um, and uh, from there, I had uh, a few uh, changes and, and moves with the company, uh, uh, primarily to... Uh, progressing my career and uh this has brought us over to uh, uh beautiful central florida so that was a pretty quick jump from 1979 to 2017 uh all right well i'll get a little more detail let's dig a little deeper just you know because i know that you've done a lot in the manufacturing side of things and you've you've seen the whole transition of like the entire lighting industry Mm -hmm. change from Geez, I mean, everything from halogens to incandescents to cfls coming on the market and Mm -hmm. what was that like the mid-80s Late 70s. Right, late 70s. And, uh, you know, over in the 90s, early 90s, then we began to see more and more influx of the screw base uh, compact fluorescent. But, uh, yeah, so um, started in, in Chicago, primarily making components um, at a factory. Uh, I was part of the team that uh, developed the software. Uh, so at the time, I was a software engineer. Yeah. Um, from then, uh, we moved on to uh, manufacturing because uh, in, in many cases back in the 70s, people in manufacturing didn't uh, use uh, computers. Um, so we brought the automation back into the factory to make us more um, productive. Uh, having said that, we you know we moved on back to uh, uh, engineering, manufacturing, and uh, what we call global partnering and sourcing at one point, uh, back to headquarters in Boston for about 16 years, uh, managing all external manufacturing for the company so nice uh, i'm just gonna adjust so my experience uh it's it's really the landscape of 
uh, all lighting manufacturing in the world. Yeah. So, what was your what was your education then before you came out with Sylvania? Like, were you you said you were actually making the bulbs or? Right, so we were making components both for telephones and, and, and such. So um, my education is in software engineering, mainframe computers, if you will. So, Oh, okay. Uh, but in, in that project, we began to develop what we call, what you would call today SAP, uh, which is a brand, yeah. right? So yeah. we developed our own in-house uh, materials uh, requirement system. So. Well, hopefully it's more functional than SAP. I've only heard bad <laughs> things about SAP. Well, you know, SAP is a good product. Um, takes a lot of money to both install, maintain, and, and uh, it takes a lot of knowledge uh, and training to, to get it up to speed. Uh, but it's been good for us. Uh, we use SAP today to, to, to do all of our logistics, finance, and really that's our business uh, oh. system. So. Right on. So um, well, so a lot has changed, and obviously in the, in the form of technology, what, what hasn't changed about Sylvania? Like what has been the same or consistent that you've seen? In terms of whether it's uh, leadership strategies or sales strategies or even like product innovation, just in general. Yeah, so a good question. Uh, so as you as you have mentioned before, uh, the industry has changed a lot. Uh, the product and technology has changed with that. Uh, just a little bit of, of commercial for Sylvania. Our Sylvania uh, quality and R and D or research and development. It's probably uh, the budget is probably larger than what most of the smaller companies are worth in general today. So our focus is really develop, developing a product and putting a product out in the market that is uh, uh, the best product that we can, uh, the technology has to offer that we can offer for the customer, and we stand behind that quality and development. We we have um, product out there that uh, it's been tested and and we stand behind it. Thus our uh, significant warranty, which is as good or uh, better than anyone else in the market. Nice. Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, that connected us very quickly when we first met was your you have a lot of overseas experience mm-hmm. and like, quite a bit, right? Like very yeah. very extensive. Yeah. Um, so um, in my previous job, prior to coming to to uh, Florida, uh, I had I, I managed uh, all the operations for external manufacturing. Thus, uh, all of our uh, partner uh, partners that made product for us and subcomponents, as well as some of the factories that we actually owned. So back in the day, you know, uh, when we were making some incandescent overseas, I had to oversee the manufacturing and logistics of that, including uh, development, uh, which helped me learn a lot about lighting. I have six patents in the lighting industry wow. uh, that um, that evolved from the need to get a better product out to the marketplace. Um, How does that work with your IP being being used on a daily basis with Sylvania? Like, is that something you own the patents on that? Well, or? I I'm I'm named in the patent. Nice. Uh, we nice. We when we when we come on board with Sylvania, they essentially uh, we we sign a, a, a form that uh, which makes our IP uh, owned by Sylvania. I, I don't know if "own" is the proper word, but kind of like but, leased. Yeah. yeah, but but Sylvania essentially is the owner. Uh, keep in mind that the resources and the knowledge that I obtained was all with Sylvania. Right. Thus, they you know they. They taught me how to do that, so I just put in place a a product or a uh, technical uh, better mousetrap, if you will, for <laughs> for those applications. So it's kind of like when um, 
when a university has, you know, studies done at a university or like say a business is incubated at a university, that university like set the, the parameters, they provide the funding, they provide the environment, sometimes even the people, the resources. So they have like, like, yeah, you might start a company at Stanford or whatever, but Stanford's still going to own a part of that company and have their name attached to it somehow because they, they were the incubators. They were the ones that provided the environment. Correct. Had I not have been in that environment, I would not have had uh, both access to the materials required uh, to provide the, uh, the technology for the patent, run tests. You know, uh, some of this is very involved and, and it requires time and time, try and try again. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I do get recognized by Sylvania for having the patent, but uh, uh, that is a one time. That's cool. What, what what were the patents? What was your favorite one? Well, uh, my favorite one was the uh, light crystal. Uh, it's a uh, it's a faceted ball that uh, incandescent or halogen, which when lit, uh, it creates a a uh, uh, kind of a crystal look, uh, diamond look uh, reflection on the wall. Oh, cool! Uh, so that one is widely used. Nice. Um, so obviously, you call on CEDs uh, primarily in this territory, and and uh, what what's your experience been with CED? How long you work with CED in particular, and and uh, how do you like the business model from your end of it? Well, um, I think CED as a partner has the uh, probably the um, I'm I'm sure of it. And at least my opinion is that CED has the best business model in the industry today. Uh, the fact that uh, you are uh, essentially, standalone profit centers, as I've said in some of your uh, in some of your general meetings, is I see when I when I make presentations to the region, I see all of you as CEOs of your own profit centers. Nice. Um, I can't say that for your competition. Uh, your competition is essentially uh, managed either by a regional director or VP or even corporate, so that. Uh, Decisions are not necessarily made locally, where you as yourself, Michael, you know that uh, the decisions for this branch are within uh, the parameters of CED policy, but Prof- in general, they're yours. Yeah, yeah, right. So <laughs> profit center, correct, right. Yeah. First one's free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what? I guess I can't even imagine doing it any other way than the way that we do it, right? Like, like I don't know what it's like to do it any other way because I've never worked for another another electrical supply house, but I just can't imagine going to work and having that experience of being told what to stock, how many to stock, when to stock them, all that stuff. So do you, when you go to these, these other places, mainly you, right? Well, the number of the, the, most of the other places are the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Almost everybody is probably right. Yeah. Um, I just don't get what they do all day. Like, like I'm busy all day long and it's fun and engaging and it's exciting because like it's mine, you know, it's, it's exciting because it's, it's, I have direct control and, and I have my hand in as many pies as I want within the organization. Um, I guess I just don't know what they do all day. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I think they take ownership of, of their own business, right. uh, but they, they, you know, it's not as free as it appears CED is. So right. um, they do have ownership. There's a lot of pride in some of your, uh, some of those players as well. Yeah. Uh, but certainly they don't have the, uh, they're not pushed to have the same initiative uh, I would say that uh, that say a, uh, your own profit center would. I'd say with uh, with what's the Spider Man saying? With great power comes great responsibility. You know, like just that's correct. Yeah. If you give me the <laughs> if you give me the responsibility, and, and and I feel strongly if you know this word empowering, uh, it's often misused. And uh, you can't empower me. You cannot give me the responsibility until you give me the authority. And that's part of the theory that I have that often comes into. Uh, play uh, with some 
um, distributors that in fact provide the, the so-called autonomy, but they really don't have that autonomy uh, as is the case now with CED. Right. Well, today is, is, it's a Friday. So Fred's actually the vendor of the month. If you guys probably heard that in the sponsorship promo before the intro song for the podcast, but, uh, you know, he actually went out of his way to get us this really awesome Puerto Rican food spread of uh, empanadas and pulled pork and, and chicken and rice and beans and sweet bread and all that. Uh, so we, we really appreciate that. I want to make sure I say I publicly say thank you. And, and, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Get that out yeah. there. And if you guys missed it, sorry. Try, try again next time. Um, but that leads me to my next question, which is all about the power of fun. It's something that I've been trying to quantify to talk about a little bit more mm-hmm. like like everybody has to work, right? Like that's that's what we're all here to do. We're here to make money and build a business and and grow and all that. But you can also have fun doing it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it doesn't have to be um uh you, you know, strict uh you know, suit and tie because most of our end users and customers are not wearing suit and ties. It doesn't have to be uh you, you know, um that strict we do have fun you know you and i've been on some mud runs and yeah. <laughs> and some uh, you know some competitive running uh that we that we enjoy so that's part of it that's part of part of our relationship yeah. uh you know we, we recently had a fishing trip uh i thank you for uh being the winner and 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 your category for that and uh, we had we all had a lot of fun so i think we have to th- thank taylor he was uh he was the one supervising mm-hmm. that making sure the numbers were in line and making the last minute phone calls how close are we all that oh um, yeah by the way taylor you still caught the second fat, uh, biggest fish i caught the first biggest fish taylor <laughs> thank you if you're listening <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure he is listening he's over in port charlotte just oh, i'll get you bread one of these days I mean, I think that's so key to the whole thing is because at the end of the day, it's a choice, right? Like, especially on my, my, my customers up to me, it's like, it is a choice where they go shopping and it is a choice for them to where they buy things. Cause it's really all the same stuff on the same shelf and all that at roughly the same price. Right. So at the end of the day, it's like, who do you, who do they want to partner with? Who do, who's got the better overall package deal and not price deal, but like overall package in terms of credit and being a partner and getting quotes back and all that. Yeah, you know, Mike, uh, it's a good point. I, I know that Mr. Shapiro has said this in front of me many times is if, if you are having fun where you're going, um, you're probably going to go there more often. Uh, that, that, that doesn't, that, yeah, that doesn't just uh, work in, in everyday life. Uh, it works also in the business industry. So yeah. it's, it's fun for me to see your people, you know, Jim and Josh and Nelson and those guys. So, you know, we had a lot of fun. And, and not not so much Taylor, but, you know. Well, he's not here uh, anymore. <laughs> well, I can say that. <laughs> That's why I say that. But uh, in essence, you know, it's the same thing in lighting. You know, um, in lighting, uh, we used to sell luminance, right? So, but but now we're, we're being challenged by the industry and by our customers to sell the experience. So, for instance, if you went to a, a store that, uh, like Macy's, that, that, that carries our product, we sell the experience. That's what some of the higher-end customers want to have, and they want to have that experience to be good. Uh, there's a lot of um, challenges with our uh, time available today. There's a lot of challenges with, with the funds that we have to spend today. So then when we go do it, uh, we want to have that experience to be excellent. And lighting is part of that experience. Uh, we have done studies where uh, lighting, in essence, is is perceived to be a deal breaker if you went to uh some of the higher end stores like macy's jc penny's uh, in some cases and and even nordstrom you would see that the the uh spaces are also well lit 
Um, and a lot of that is is because working together with us, the manufacturers, and who have the uh, the expertise in lighting, uh, to to help them uh, create that experience. Uh, uh, you know, we used to think of lighting in the stores as the uh, Kmart blue light. Well, we can create that blue light without having, or we can create that create that same effect without having that tacky blue light and, and Kmart. We can create that very same effect. We can bring your customer to where you want your customer to be by using lighting uh, techniques that will bring that customer to where you want it to be. You mentioned selling the experience. Now, that's something I've actually taught. I've done a whole podcast just on that. Uh, but let's talk about that a little bit more because I think that people aren't they don't come to I don't think my best customers come to CED Vero Beach to buy electrical supplies anymore. I think they're coming here to like my purpose in this market is to eliminate the need for them to worry about electrical supplies so that they can go get new jobs. They can service the jobs they have. They can, uh, you know, close more deals. And then if they have to do all that and worry about getting the right electrical supplies at the right time at the right price and all that, like that's just it's probably too much. Like it gets in the way of them growing their businesses. Right. So I'm trying to take that off the plate and just sell the experience of like having a flawless electrical supply. Correct. Experience, you know, like, like Disney, they're selling an experience. That's an excellent point. You know, Disney has very strict rules about creating that experience. Yeah. Just like you do. I mean, you've had, uh, you, you, you've had some growth here, uh, and that growth has come because of, you know, the, the success that you had over the past few years. Ron Shoup, our friend over at uh, the Coco uh, Beach um, uh, Profit Center, is also expanding. And uh, uh, again, again, all of that is based on the fact that you not only have new customers coming in and growth, but you have people that are coming in and have been coming in for years because they know that when they get there, they're going to have an experienced person behind the counter. They're going to come to you. They're going to. They, if you cannot help them, you will call someone like me that has the expertise. But most of your people are well trained. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, you you have access to the best brands, and and you have, uh, for instance, me. I can be here in a couple hours anytime. Yeah. So so, you know, the customer doesn't want to have to worry about. You know, what color do I need? You know that. You know, you, you know what color temperature you'll need. Right. So, or you can take a pretty yeah. educated guess. Is it commercial? Is it residential? Right. So know? you have that yeah. experience and, yeah. and you guys, you know, you guys provide excellent training to your staff so that uh, so the growth is there and your customers see that. I, I know that when I, I'm here, uh, I enjoy it not only because of, of of your people, but also the customers that come in are generally in, in good good moods and, and uh, you know, they have challenges that... Uh, they're very happy that you're able to meet. Yeah, I think it's uh, we we really focus on on the whole the whole overall experience and making sure that it is fun. It's warm. I think warm, not not because we're in Florida and it's just hotter than hell outside, but just warm. Like we want to be open and friendly. And I, I'm sorry, I keep hitting the mic, but we want to be open and friendly and just just very adaptive to whoever walks in the door and 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 analyzing their needs specifically and making sure that we're tailoring their experience to that organization and what's going to best fit them and. You know, we go out sales different ways depending on on the person that we're going after and the target account and all that. You know, going back to something I mentioned earlier, like you have a lot of overseas experience both in the manufacturing side and on the purchasing and the selling side. Um, and so, what would you say are some differences in in selling techniques across different cultures? Because I know you have a lot of experience in right. Latin America as well as yeah. Asia. Well, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with um, even our our the fact that we're a melting pot 
um, not to get too political, but in fact, uh, if you go, say, to Europe, um, there is competition in Europe, but it's definitely not uh, competition like there is here. Uh, we have to fight for that customer every day, every order, and it has to be good um, because there are other options. Uh, in some of the other countries, there, there are not that many options, whether it's... Um, monopoly or, or or something or oligopolies uh they have that in place um believe it or not and you know that's part of what our country is up against uh we are fighting against uh both uh as you've seen most recently in the press you've seen a lot of uh subsidies being dished out by by uh governments that uh that are essentially damaging our manufacturing base and and in fact taking advantage of um, of, of some of our own manufacturers and, and, and some of our own laws. Uh, they're experts at it. They're good at it. Uh, yeah. Here in the U.S., you know, we, we have to provide that um, that service every day. Every day when, you, when we come to work, we have to supply and be at our very best. So I think the, the living a life of service, it, which is something I've been doing long before CED. You know, I worked in the restaurant business. I, uh, you know, I worked for sports teams and all that, did volunteer stuff for that. Mainly, I've, I spent a lot of time in the restaurant business on my way through college, and and so that's obviously very service oriented. As a server, your your entire paycheck or cash check, whatever you want to call it, uh, depends on tips and making people happy and like making sure they're having a good time, being in a warm environment where they feel happy and and being taken care of. Um, I I just always found that it makes my job easier. Like I don't have to focus on myself. I'm focusing on the everything but myself. Really, like I'm focusing on the vendors. I'm focusing on the employees. I'm focusing on the customers. Um, and by doing all those at a high level, I always seem to get taken care of anyways. So instead of being like, Hey, what, what's a, what's an item I could put in stock that's going to make me more money. It's, I, I flip that and say, what's not I could put in stock that's going to add value to the customer. What's going to make their job easier. What's going to get them off a job easier. You know, one fewer callback could make or break a job for a customer. That's an excellent point, Michael. Uh, value added is what we bring to the marketplace. Um, Again, peace of mind and that experience for that, for that customer, it's key. If they're going to come here and, and expect to have, you know, an, an RT6 in stock and you said you had it in stock, they expect it to be here. They're going to drive here maybe a half hour, an hour or more to come and pick up. That's money. Time is money. And they want to come in here, you know, maybe grab a bottle of water or soda and, and, and get out of Dodge. You know, they want to yeah. go back to work because, you know, some of those employees work for someone and that someone is, is expecting that guy to be back in that job and, and that end user is expecting to uh to have a job done on time so what are um what are some of your favorite types of jobs to do like are you are you do you get really excited about retrofit opportunities new construction are you just kind of in it for all of it or like do you have you know i get excited when i go to especially public places such as airports and you know places that um that we frequent ourselves even restaurants where uh, I can go and I can say, yeah, this this place is done right. So, you know, again, Macy's, uh, Nordstrom, J.C. You know, I can see that the that the product is being applied um, the right way. Um, so that's like a point of pride for you. To like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and and when I go out with my family uh, to these places, you know, they they find me always looking at light bulbs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the lighting. Way. You know, and it's 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 <laughs> crazy. You know, I was. I was. Uh, I took my daughter to New York uh, two years ago to uh, to the Guggenheim Museum, and guess what? Guess what they had? They had a lighting exhibition. Oh my God! I went bananas because 
you know, a lot of the lighting was incorrect. You know, it was LED and it was color changing and it was, you know, bells and whistles. But to, to uh, someone that's been around for a while, there, there was a lot of flaw in it. And I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, it was a, it was a great experience for my daughter. But for me, it was, <laughs> it was like, shoot me now. You know, it's <laughs> like the stuff is being used the wrong way. It's, uh, it is funny because I, I the, in being in such a small town in Vero, uh, you do get to experience a lot of your own products. Like you go mm-hmm. to places that, like, oh yeah, I remember we did this job six months ago, and now it's done, ready. You're going there with a couple friends or whatever to like a restaurant or something like that, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember yeah. they needed these special lights, or man, I remember we ordered those in gray, but they're supposed to be black, so we actually took the time to paint them black in the back of the mm-hmm. warehouse, and you know, now they look perfect up there, and it's like. It is this cool point of pride that like we're not we're selling something that really exists. Like we're selling something that is actually out there in the world, in somebody's house, in a restaurant, in in Disneyland or World, or whatever. And uh, you know, it's real. Like it's tangible. And absolutely, you're creating that experience. Uh, you 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 know when, uh, for instance, uh, why is our selling season mostly when uh, the days are shorter? Well, guess what? Because people are going to notice that the they can't have that experience without light so therefore they they see a light out when when the days are longer well they don't they don't replace it but when i never thought of it that way so the the season comes in when when the light is out because then everybody needs safety right longer so if you're up say around eight or nine o'clock and then maybe you head home or watch a little news or and then go to bed you know it's still light out right now yeah but back in the winter uh Six o'clock, it, it'll be dark. So you better have a light in your pool or, <laughs> you know, porch, your walkway yeah. on the porch because you 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 know it becomes a safety issue. And the same thing goes for businesses. They, you know, they can do away with not noticing that light that's out in the parking lot longer uh, during the uh, uh, summertime. But but in the winter, they, they when time changes and the days get shorter, that that light has to be replaced now. So. I never thought about that because mm-hmm. a lot of times we come to work, you know. We're open seven to five, so like six forty-five, five thirty. You know, we—that's something I've never even thought of. Is like you will notice that when the time changes, and all of a sudden you're coming to work and it's pitch black, and like, oh, that wall pack's been out probably six then, months. Right. Then it becomes an emergency, right? Then it becomes a safety <laughs> issue for that store owner, right? If, right. They, if that if that wall pack on the wall, it's not only intended to wash the wall, but also to light the sidewalk where his customers are at. And I run into this a few times. Then they have to replace that right away because the liability is certainly there. Right. Um, so you you are you own that property. So I'm I'm the same way. When I go to electric, when I go to anywhere, like I was just at Marlin Stadium on uh, Tuesday night, and all I could look at was the way the pipes were bent and you know the LBs yeah. they're using mm-hmm. and all the fittings and stuff like that. And it's just like, like yeah, I've been doing this for seven years. I've seen all that before, but I'm still like into it. I still like seeing that and like breaking down the bill of material and like Correct. oh, I wonder where they got this from yeah, and yeah. how many they had to bid it and you know all the different yeah. steps. You know, and it goes into uh, you know the the development of the products itself. You know, maybe uh, in the old days they used to use the incandescent bulb. Now they're going to LED. And you know, if you follow the history, you know, I'm not a hundred years old, but you know, back in the 1903 or whatever, when when uh, the, the uh, Edison or Tesla, whoever you like, uh, developed the <laughs> the tungsten uh, filament, you know that that same light bulb uh, is improved only by about three to five percent over uh, almost um, you know over a hundred years. So really, um, the technology on LED has improved maybe a thousand percent over ten years. So therefore, is that rush to to CED? The technology has improved 
the lumen upward uh, on the LED improve, continues to improve, and, and that in itself is causing a, a challenge to the industry. Um, what do you think is next? Well, um, I'm not sure uh, the luminescence paint that, that people are talking about that actually, um, you know, take energy from, from light and, uh, and then they, um, they light up. Uh, uh, but I, I'm not sure that that's, we're no, nowhere close. Right now, LED uh, seems to be here and to stay. Uh, there's nanotechnology with an LED that, uh, that uh, is coming out. Uh, but as long as the LED itself continues to reduce in price, uh, because of the uh, market uh, increase in, in, in usage. Economies uh, of scale. Yeah, economies of scale is yeah. correct. Um, you'll see the LED, as long as they continue to improve, uh, lumens per watt. What about induction lighting? you think that's ever going to make a comeback or um, have specific look, uses? Um, or? I, I was born with induction lighting. Uh, <laughs> I, it used to be my favorite. Um, I've, I've taught induction lighting uh, in a number of universities. But uh, I can tell you that uh, it's a great technology. Uh, one, one of my good friends, uh, Dr. Dicek, was uh, instrumental in, in putting that into a light bulb uh, at a good cost. Um, uh, Dr. Dicek uh, retired years ago. Um, I've been told uh, that it, it lasts yeah. actually twice as long as LED and it costs about half as much. Is that pretty much accurate or is that not? No, um, you're, you're almost correct. Uh, it does last longer. Uh, in fact, our warranty was 100,000 hours for, yeah. for an induction light. Uh, the, the problem with an induction light uh, is that the, the ballast will probably fail or some of the components will probably fail before the light. Uh, and it's not a fully integrated system, so right. therefore you have a two-piece option. You have the ballast or the power supply and, and then the light. Um, Anytime having, you can avoid that, it's obviously better, right? Correct. So so before the LED um, phenomenon uh, evolved, um, the push was to increase the... Um, the production of induction lighting and but induction lighting has its limits induction lighting generally is is a little bit more more much more bulkier than than what it is to to create a uh, an led uh, light source yeah thus uh it limits where you can use the induction bulb uh, I mean, it's like a great light it's parking a great lots uh correct it's car. a bigger space right so you have to have a bigger footprint in order to uh, put in you know there are some Induction lights that we actually made some of it. Uh, I believe it was called uh, Uno. Anyway, there was uh, there was a a part thirty that we made that was induction induction technology. Really, part thirty. Um, That's pretty small. Yeah, but but it was too close, too too costly to manufacture. It really was not accepted in the industry. Uh, say like some of the compact fluorescent was uh, because. It, Induction lighting is not energy as energy efficiency efficient as say an LED or a compact fluorescent bulb. So right. that was the challenge to uh, there were two challenges to uh, or three to uh, induction lighting. One was the footprint that was required to provide uh, a light source. Uh, the other one was cost, which was sig significantly more than what it is for for a standard uh, fluorescent or LED bulb. And and then the other one was the the fact that the market wasn't looking for that. So. Right, right. That's true. It's uh, and LEDs just got this cool factor, right? You can be make it as small as you want. I can make it as big as you want. The cost has dropped significantly. It's become a household name, whereas before it was very cost prohibitive, and nobody knew about it. And then a couple of years ago, I was driving to work one day. I was listening to NPR, and they were giving this whole breakdown on color temperature and how to choose the right LED lighting. And I'm like. Okay, this has finally reached that tipping point where it's going to go mainstream. If NPR is doing it for homeowners, like it's going to, and then from then on, we've just seen this this huge increase in 
LED products, different different products, you know, more innovative products, obviously, and then obviously a lower price point to, to back it up, which I think makes everybody's job. I mean, I don't know how you're measured, but we're measured based on sales increases. And so if I if I sell an LED bulb that cost ten dollars last year and I sold a hundred of them, but this year I you know now the bulb only costs eight or seven dollars or even five dollars in some cases, I have to sell twice as many to hit that same sales goal. Um, so that's that's becoming an issue I think more on my end of the spectrum than I don't know if you're measured in dollars or units or whatever it is, but um, it's something generally, generally we're. All of us are measuring the bottom line, which is dollars. Uh, well, like South, software, right? Southwire so. measures it on pounds because mm-hmm. their stuff's always mm-hmm. changing in price. So right. their me- their metrics are a little different. But uh, so light bulbs are a basic commodity. So right. uh, for the most part, so it, it's a it's a challenge for the industry. So um, how do you it, keep sales in, up when the price ways. keeps dropping? Yeah. Well, there's a bigger question to that. Is um, I used to sell a light bulb, an incandescent bulb. That was between fifteen hundred and three thousand hours. Mm-hmm. So, as in essence, we were in the replacement industry. So, mm-hmm. uh, our strategy as a um, what we would call group relamping uh, suggested to the customer that the best cost and the best experience again that that word experience for the customer yeah. and best value was for you to relamp. At about seventy-five to eighty percent of our of uh, life for that product, mm-hmm. so we were talking about uh, you know every say every two thousand hours we were relamping some products, and in the case of uh, fluorescent uh, regular fluorescent balls, we were relamping at maybe seven or eight thousand hours. So imagine now uh, where our factories were you know, bouncing off the wall trying to keep up with such demand as, you know, as population growth and, 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 and uh, as energy uh, costs were going up, um, some of our energy efficiency, efficiency efficient bulbs were of um, bigger demand. Uh, well, now the, the challenge to the industry is not just did the LEDs um, cost is, is reducing, it's, it's the fact that we are now not in the rapid replacement market. We are still replacing some product, but primarily is is that socket that had the compact fluorescent or the fluorescent bulb in it. So where we were making replacement bulbs, and we can essentially, um, we had a very good idea what the forecast as far as manufacturing was going to be because we could tell when you know most of our customers or the industry was going to be replacing those bulbs. Uh, we can't now. That's a really good point. I never thought of that. So not only is the price coming down, the life of these things is going way up. The efficiency is going way up. So you can actually use fewer lamps or fixtures in the situation than you used to because they're putting out more light. And then on top of all of that, they're lasting so long that you never have to resell them. for. And there's a third factor, uh, which most people don't mention, is that in, in the old days, uh, whenever you design a building, uh, mm-hmm. And that architect or that person doing the designing um, was trying to generate a comfortable area uh, with enough light. They they would to avoid shadows. They were over light the the, the the space. Right. Well, now because of energy consumption and the fact that most of our end users and customers, whether it's a retrofitting or, or remodeling a space or a new space. The architects are being pushed to provide the proper spacing and the proper lighting. Thus, there is less light in the ceiling. 
So you might have a lamp that has different beam angles. You might have a lamp that uh, perhaps is even a higher wattage than you have before, but you have less lamps. Mm -hmm. So therefore, there is less uh, volume for us to to, uh, reproduce, to replace that bulb. And that's something that's uh, very seldom talked about in industry. The fact is there there is less lighting being used even in, in, uh, in, in newer construction. So what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? We become what we are today. We are the, the best brand in the business. Sylvania yeah. is a strong brand. And, yeah. and especially when it comes to, uh, uh, to LEDs and, and, and products that are they have long-time long warranty, uh, I tell you that uh, my recommendation is that you buy a branded product. There's three large brands that that been around for a long time. I, I'm going to mention Sylvania, and, and, I, and I hope that you do uh, purchase a Sylvania product. Yeah. Uh, we stand behind it. Some, it's, it's not to say some of the other brands uh, do not stand behind it, but but I think to uh, lower the risk on, on, on that, I, I always suggest that you stay with a branded product when it comes to that investment on LED products. And we're proud to be the the you know the the, uh, the, the main brand for uh, CED. Yeah, I know. I know CED has a great relationship with Sylvania, and it's a it's definitely a big part of of you know the big thing for me is I've tried to go to. Not not with lighting specifically, but just in general, like try to go to less expensive brands, trying to make more money and stuff like that. And that was my very first start, and it never really works. Like it always it always pays to buy quality mm-hmm. up front. Um, and, but when it comes to LEDs specifically, I always tell my customers, like they're like, oh hey, I'm, I'm only going to mark this up so much, or whatever. I'm like, hey man, because like we just talked about, you need to make money on this sale. I tell this to the guy who's going to sell it to a homeowner, or to a business owner, or whatever. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, because once you sell this, you're never going to replace it. You're not going back in six months or a year to switch out that metal halide bulb anymore. You're putting in an LED that's going to last 50, 60, 75,000 hours or more. Yeah. Um, and so it's a big deal for the yeah. customers, too. It's going to change. And, and the end user because, you know, that end user doesn't want – again, if it's a store, a restaurant or something like that, that means that that end user is not providing the experience to their customer. Because a lighting is – the light bulb is not working properly or, or, or is out. And therefore, you know, they need to get somebody in there right away. Well, in the meantime, that customer is going out to eat or purchase product is not going to have that experience. Right. Um, so, well, it's yeah. good. It's good for the end user because they're they may be paying a little bit more upfront, but they're eliminating a lot of problems on the back end with maintenance and uh, replacements and relamping and all that. I think they're the ones that come out the best in this situation. To yeah, be con- contractors too, because look, when contractor goes in there. They they are facing like I face you. They face the end user, the one, the mm-hmm. angry person, the person <laughs> that often doesn't understand the fact that you know it's going to take me three days to get that light bulb or, or something to that effect. So right. so that's where our relationship comes in, where you guys have significant inventory in place to to support that product that you sell, and 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 you can turn it around right away. Um, but uh, that that contractor if he has to go make another trip after the job is done he's probably lost most of the profit it's a it's a competitive world today in the lighting industry not only from a manufacturing side a distribution side but also for that contractor and end user so you you don't want them going to one of the diy stores and and buying the you know the everyday brand you want them to come here and and expect both the service and the brand that's going to stand behind the product it's a good point. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a bunch of trainees right now in the division that are and probably around the country listening to this um, that are switching from an, their first phase of the training to an outside sales phase in the mm-hmm. second half. Um, you know, that's not a secret. It's on our website that it's split up in two halves. 
Um, so it, what, what advice do you have for somebody that maybe has never done sales before, never done B2B sales, mm-hmm. definitely, or like a long sales cycle? Uh, somebody moving to a whole new territory like Taylor, we talked about. Yeah. He's in Port Charlotte. He's going to be starting outside sales uh, within the next, you know, couple of weeks. Um, how would you, how would you start in a new territory? How would you start all over again? What advice would you give to your former self and to these guys? Yeah. So um, th- there are a number of things that there are, in my opinion, key to to success and uh, s- simple things. And and that one is, you know, support your local organizations. You know, uh, ECF, which is uh, I believe is a uh, Electrical Council of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, IEC. There is um, IES. All those organizations uh, have uh, members that are all users of your products, not just lighting, but other products. So my uh, my um, uh, suggestion is for your folks that are now being training, and whether they're going to be in the counter or going to be a management trainee or even in sales, become aware at the very least of these organizations and and hopefully um, you'll be sponsored by CED to become members of these organizations because that's where you learn where the market is going that's where you learn often who is having problems with that other distributor and you can get in hey remember me I'm with CED let's chat yeah uh, they those people are out there so you can multiply yourself by being members of these organizations uh, or, or at least contributing to these organizations because you are going to multiply yourselves all over the state or your region because you are going to hear from these people jobs that you would never have heard of unless they brought it right. to, 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 uh, to, to the table. Right. So, uh, I, I, look, I, these organizations are wonderful. Uh, they have tremendous apprentice programs similar to, to uh, what, uh, what CED does with uh, – um, uh, with their training, yeah. uh, and and you want to get to the bottom of those. You want to be involved with those people. You want to be involved with some of the um, uh, colleges and universities in the area that have engineering, electrical engineering programs. Yeah, and and get them at get them soon. Get them to understand CED. Get them to understand what you have to offer, um, because those same people that are in college today. Uh, or the universities, they are going to be the folks managing that contractor or managing that store, and they are going to be familiar with CED. And I think that, uh, and and I give this advice to all my customers, I I think you need to be aware of it, invest a little bit of time and money in in, in these organizations because it will pay tenfold. That's a really good point. And something we, Mike Shapiro just sent an email out about that, about different organizations and who's doing what with them. I don't think there's one particularly in, in Vero Beach, but I do call on like even the smaller, you know, like the TCBA, the Treasure Coast Builders Association, or if you really mm-hmm. want to get crazy, go to, um, oh man, BNI, or really any sort of community group that comes together and, and it's got experts. You got a painter, you got a plumber, you got a chiropractor, you got a dentist. You know, like these are all people that are in the community that you're going to see when you're out and about in town, especially in a small town. Um, and they're, they're real people. They're connected to other real people. And the whole point is that, you know, you trust the people in your circle. And if somebody recommends an electrician or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, um, or, Hey, you, you needed to redo all the lighting in your house. Well, go to this supply house. I know this guy, like I got a guy for that, you know? Right. Right. Make sure that you are specified. Make yeah. sure the other guy's <laughs> not specified. Right. You know, when, you know, when they're looking at, you know, wire lighting, you know, 
um, um, controllers, uh, dimmers. Make sure CED specified. Uh, I, I would suggest that. Yeah. Uh, you'll fix it. You'll you'll find out the brands that they need. You will you will go over their plans and provide them what they need. Make sure you have that expertise. And if you don't, talk to people like myself or you know um, Lutron or some of the other Southwire, whoever it is that you use, Michael. Yeah. Um, so, so that they can get gain that expertise. I, you need to be specified. That's the key. That's a good point. And at the end of the day, it's all relationships. Uh, humans buy from other humans, and they have you got to find out what makes that person tick and what they're into and my favorite thing, honestly, is to get people out of the office, get them out of their environment, get them out of the the box that they find themselves mm-hmm. in. Like people mm-hmm. act differently when they're at the office than they are somewhere else. So you get them out, you get them on a golf course, you get them on a fishing boat, mm-hmm. you get them whatever they want to do, you know, and, and that goes back to the whole power of fun and selling the experience of like, like hey, we're partners in this and I want to make sure that you're being taken care of, not just from a customer to an electrical supply house standpoint, but from a human being to a human being. Like, like these guys... If you're running your own electrical contracting business, that is a lot of pressure. You know, you're an entrepreneur. You're waking up and everything kind of rests on your shoulders for the entire function of that that organization. And so if, if for us to come in and be like, I always describe it as like you get to be a hero. You get to put on a cape and wear a mask exactly. and go in there and be like, what can I exactly. take off your plate so you can not worry about it anymore? And if I can remove the electrical products, like if I can just make when you need something, you call me or you call my guys downstairs and they get it for you. You don't have to worry about it. That's Look, I, 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 that's right. That's right. It's priceless. I, I always tell people, you know, lighting, uh, like some other technologies, is not rocket science. Yeah. Well, it's not rocket science until you have to do it and you don't know anything about it. <laughs> and, there, and, there, and that's when you say, "Oh, who do I call?" CED. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. so, so you you need to be in the mind of these people, like you said. And if you're only in the mind when you're inside the store, as you said. Uh, or if you're on, you know, on a website or whatever, you're not going to be in this person's mind. You're not going to be in this decision maker's mind. Mm-hmm. The way to get into the decision maker's mind is, as you said, you develop a relationship. Uh, you make it easy to do business, which which you guys have. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the train experts in your 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 uh, profit center, mm-hmm. a- as you do now. You you've done a great job of, of training these folks here. Um, and then you have access to people like myself that, that can provide that, that fine detail. I think it's all about finding the right people, getting out of their way, you know, and, and that's really what I focus on is trying to get the right people in here and building them up, getting the training that they need, getting them the support that they need. And then honestly, getting the hell out of their way, let them, let that's them right. make mistakes that, and let them learn and grow. You know, and... my, my view is, uh, again, I, I talked about empowering being a nasty word in the industry simply because a lot of managers don't abide by it. You know, they, yeah. they say they empower you, but they're really not. So in my opinion, there, there's gotta be a sandbox, right? There has to be some policy and some rules. Sure. Right. Yeah, so if course. you provide yeah. your employees, what those rules are, yeah. Let them play whatever they want. You know what I mean. <laughs> Let them bring the money in. Right. Uh, and of course, they're going to see some. They're going to need some oversight. But you'll see it. You'll see it in the dollars coming in. Yeah. You'll see it in the lack of nasty calls coming in because you know someone didn't take care of something. So right. let them play in that box. Let them manage and, and essentially become their own CED partner. Yeah, their own little mm-hmm. profit center exactly. within the profit center. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, my last question is: what What keeps you up at night? Like and with with regards to the industry, of course. Like, like is there a change coming that you see that that's that keeps you up at night, or is there uh, opportunities that you're thinking about to keep you up at night? Well, uh, what keeps me up at night is is um, essentially uh, when when I know that uh, a large job has just come in 
and uh, we we're running thin on product. Mm. Uh, so so that you know I make calls all hours of the night to make sure that you Mike have the product at the time we promised it at yeah. the time you expected. So that keeps me up at night. Uh, a lot of intrusion in 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 the market today. You have. Um, Anybody what can we call label. right. So yeah. we have trunk slammers. We have yeah. uh, you know we have significant problem on 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 people buying product that uh, may or may not be our brand, but it has a brand on it. Uh, you have right. um, you have intrusion from say um, you know it's become a global business, so and then it becomes a national business and a regional business. So I often have uh, people say from the Northeast. Uh, trying to bid on jobs in Florida, and that just upsets me to no end. Uh, and then you also have uh, a significant problem in um, maybe not counterfeit, but certainly not uh, certified product um, that is showing up in, in some of our markets. Yeah. Uh, remember, uh, you can you can remind some of your end users of this. If if you purchase Sylvania product and you cannot prove where you got that product from. Uh, and you come over for a warranty issue, we we are not going to hold that warranty. We you need to get the product from an authorized dealer. Nice. Um, we we will support that um, and let them know. You know, if somebody's buying something off the street or somebody's trunk, and you don't have what we call a bank because we keep track of, of of what product is is purchased by our authorized distributors. If you don't have a bank, you, you're not. We're not going to stand behind the warranty. And it goes further. Uh, and I made this case, and it's worked sometimes, and it hasn't worked sometimes. But we don't – a lot of our value is the safety of our product. Right. And if you buy product on the street and you can't prove that you bought it from an authorized distributor, you're on your own as far as liability goes. Yeah, it's like buying a breaker on the internet, you know. Right, so you buy right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you buy it? Yeah. I mean, how do I know that that wasn't, you know, played with before? So, so all of that comes into play. Yeah, uh, and and that's one of the tools as as a salesperson when you go out in the street. Yeah, uh, you, you some somehow have to make your your customers aware that, or end users, which would be the the the, the customer of, of of your sales force, yeah. is look. You need to buy that product from an authorized dealer. Nice. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, and we appreciate all your support of what we do here at CED Vero Beach. Uh, guys, if you're listening to this and it's still August, come on in. We got we got deals on Sylvania products. We got 2 by 2 2 by 4 panels, as mentioned, and, and previously wall packs, retrofits, of course. Anything you can think of in the lighting world, Sylvania's got the best in the line of new and innovative products, and they're always coming out with something new. Fred, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey, I look forward to next Friday. What steak we, sandwiches. What are we doing? Steak sandwiches. Cuban steak sandwiches. Cuban steak sandwiches. Right. That is All a right. week from today. That is uh, August 27th. No, 25th. No, my math is off. 25th. Come on in from 1101 yeah. only at CED Vero Beach. Right. Thanks Thank for listening. you.